Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. Why does Mormon apostle Jeffrey R. Holland think that they have a living prophet in our day? Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry. And with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. We are going through an article that was in the June 2022 edition of the Leahona Magazine. An article written by Jeffrey R. Holland, who was a member of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles. It was titled, Choose the Lord and His Prophet. Basically, it is lifting up not only the position of the president, the prophet, seer, and revelator of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but I don't think you can escape the fact, Eric, that this is certainly lifting up the person of Russell M. Nelson, the 17th president of the church, which is kind of ironic because one of the things Jeffrey R. Holland warned against in this talk so far is celebrity worship. Almost seems as if that's exactly what he's doing with Russell M. Nelson. And Mm -hmm. I'm not taking away that Latter-day Saints do look at Russell M. Nelson as being special. There's only one real prophet president of the church who speaks for the entire church. But Jeffrey R. Holland is going to give us some bullet points on why he thinks Russell M. Nelson is a prophet. And it's interesting, I don't find any of these bullet points found in the Bible for determining whether or not a prophet is a true prophet. We talked about this a little earlier. One of the points that Israel was given to determine whether a person who claimed to be a prophet really was a prophet is they could not introduce gods that were unfamiliar to Israel. Certainly, Joseph Smith did that, and Russell M. Nelson is carrying on the tradition of Joseph Smith in worshiping a God who was not always God, has a body of flesh and bones as tangible as man's, and so forth. This is not the God of the Bible. But let's look at some of these bullet points and discuss them. First one, President Nelson has called upon us, quote, to increase our spiritual capacity to receive revelation, end quote, warning that, quote, It will not be possible to survive spiritually without the guiding, directing, comforting, and constant influence of the Holy Ghost, end quote. Well, let's just ask ourselves, have we never heard that before coming from the mouths of LDS leaders, whether it is a president of the church or, let's say, a person who holds the position of Jeffrey R. Holland. Of course we have. They've always talked about personal revelation. The warning, of course, is your personal revelation cannot cross swords with the revelation given to someone higher in authority than you in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. But they've always been encouraged to increase their spiritual capacity to receive personal revelation. Let's not forget that it was BYU professor emeritus Robert L. Millett, who's also a Mormon apologist, who said, our blessing is that we believe in personal revelation. Our curse is that we believe in personal revelation. So this is really not new. Next bullet point, he has led the church in implementing, quote, a newer, holier approach to caring for administering to others, end quote. And the footnote references a talk that Nelson gave in General Conference back in 2018. It was simply titled Ministering. It's a very short piece, just a few paragraphs. 
But again, we don't find a lot of unique things in here. And I sometimes wonder, Eric, was it wise for Nelson in this talk, because this is what Jeffrey Holland is quoting, Nelson said, instead, we will implement a newer, holier approach to caring for and ministering to others. We will refer to these efforts simply as ministering. Now, the Christian church has been using the word ministering for centuries. That's not a new word for us. It has a very special meaning, and I don't think we have to define it here. But when he says that they are going to implement a newer, holier approach, and the reason why I ask, was that a wise choice of words there? Because it seems to imply that maybe the way they were doing it before, such as having these home teachers and such, which of course, Russell M. Nelson got away from, all those years that the church had these kind of teachers in the church, and it seems like no leader at the time caught that there could have been a holier way of doing things. That's why I kind of wonder if that was a wise word choice. Newer, I can see, because they're always doing newer things, usually not all that important, but they are doing newer things. But when he says holier approach, I don't know, I would think that would make some Latter-day Saints perhaps uncomfortable. It certainly makes me uncomfortable when I look at that. Next bullet point, he has led us through a pandemic, helping us adjust to, quote, a home-centered church supported by what takes place inside our branch, ward, and stake buildings, end quote. I have to kind of chuckle at this because, really, Russell M. Nelson, outside of the fact that they did kind of implement a more home-centered church, because of the pandemic, they're going to make it sound like, well, see, he had a lot of prophetic insight, and that's why— But yet, in general conference, he admitted that the pandemic caught him by surprise. He had no idea. So is there really a connection there or a coincidence? What is it, really? But I just think if Russell M. Nelson really led the Latter-day Saints through the pandemic, he didn't offer anything outside of what the CDC was saying or what Fauci was telling them. He kind of fell right along with whatever he was being told by them. Correct me if I'm wrong, Bill, but doesn't it seem for the months after the pandemic was first announced that we didn't really hear much at all from the leaders? And in fact, their churches stopped meeting and they very easily could have had the leaders from Salt Lake City perhaps give some kind of a Zoom or a a talk, uh, something that would have encouraged the people. But many people had nothing to go on and there was silence coming from Salt Lake City for a very long time. That's a good point. In fact, in that area alone, you would say that the evangelical churches probably far and away surpassed the ability to communicate with their congregations because they were implementing a lot of these social media outlets that would continue to educate. I know in our church, we did. Our pastor was doing a lot of things online and connecting with us when we weren't allowed to meet. Next bullet point, he has focused our Sunday worship on the sacrament and our Sunday behavior on keeping the Sabbath day holy. Is that new? I recall Spencer Kimball making a big deal about how to keep the Sabbath day holy. I just kind of wonder if Russell M. Nelson would agree with a lot of the legalistic principles that Spencer Kimball laid down at that time. And if he doesn't, was Spencer Kimball wrong? If he was right, why is it that Russell M. Nelson isn't emphasizing a lot of those things today? Next bullet point, he has accelerated temple work, announcing the construction of more than 80 new Latter-day temples. Now, let me just say real quick, Bill, uh, at the time he must have written this, it was 83, but in the April conference, there were 17 more temples announced by Nelson. So actually, it's 100 new temples. 
that's what makes an individual a prophet. He has to be able to announce more temples to be built. I mean, let's be serious. The LDS Church is a very rich organization. It was discovered not long ago that they had over $100 billion in some of these financial accounts. At the same time, they've also lost a lot of those billions, perhaps not because perhaps because the prophet didn't have the proper insight to know to maybe pull out some of their stocks during this time where the market has taken a dive. But still, just because he's announced the construction of all these temples, that's supposed to convince me that he's really a prophet being guided by God today. I would say that's a pretty flimsy argument. Next point, he has asked us to restore the correct name of the Lord's church, promising that, quote, he whose church this is will pour down his power and blessings upon the heads of the Latter-day Saints, the likes of which we have never seen, end quote. If that's really true, then why didn't Thomas Monson do that? Why didn't Gordon B. Hinckley do that? That sounds like a pretty big bonus from God that he's going to pour down all this power and blessings. But yet, Gordon B. Hinckley didn't seem to have a problem with the phrase Mormon church. He didn't seem to have a problem at all with Latter-day Saints referring to themselves as Mormons or LDS. This was always a pet peeve of Russell M. Nelson. I don't see this as really being any proof whatsoever that Russell M. Nelson is a true prophet of God. The next point, he has pleaded with us to, quote, experience the strengthening power of daily repentance of doing and being a little better each day, end quote. That's not unique with Russell M. Nelson. If you go back and you look at the teachings of presidents of the church, Lorenzo Snow, who was the fifth president of the church, this is what it says on page 103. Lorenzo Snow writes, Do not expect to become perfect at once. If you do, you will be disappointed. Be better today than you were yesterday, and be better tomorrow than you are today. We didn't need Russell M. Nelson to tell us this. Lorenzo Snow said it a long time ago, and I don't even think it's unique with Lorenzo Snow. It's just not that profound. Next point, he has encouraged the saints to hear him, which is, quote, the pattern for success, happiness, and joy in this life, end quote. Of course, you have to hear the Jesus of Mormonism. The Jesus of Mormonism is going to reflect what the prophet of the church believes at that time. Hear him. Who is it you're hearing? If you're really hearing the hymn of the New Testament, you wouldn't be believing a lot of things that Russell M. Nelson believes and espouses as president of this church. Next point, he has delivered a bicentennial proclamation to the world, inviting all to know, quote, that the heavens are open, end quote, end quote, that God is making known his will for his beloved sons and daughters, end quote. This is talking about the first vision, because the bicentennial that they were celebrating had to do with the alleged first vision that Joseph Smith claimed he had with God the Father and Jesus Christ. As we've mentioned many times on this show, the problem with this bicentennial celebration is it hasn't been the bicentennial yet. If you're going to talk about a, a revival that took place that caused Joseph Smith to go to the woods and pray as to which church is true, the revival Joseph Smith describes took place in 1824, so we're not even there yet. This is one example where the church must continually keep telling their people that 1820 was the date for the first vision as a result of a revival that didn't take place until 1824. 
they can't change the date to the correct date because that messes up all the chronology. You would have Moroni showing up in 1823, making him the first vision, even though he's going to attribute this as a great point by Russell M. Nelson. There's other leaders that have said that as well. This is not unique to Russell M. Nelson. And the final point, he has invited the saints to, quote, embrace the future with faith, end quote, in the Lord Jesus Christ, which, quote, unlocks the power of God in our lives, end quote. I want to go back to what I said earlier in this week. Hebrews 11 is like the definitive chapter on faith. I get more inspiration by reading Hebrews chapter 11, that anything that I've heard from Russell M. Nelson, and it may be argued, but Bill, you're not a Latter-day Saint. No, but wouldn't you say, Eric, that anybody who thinks that Russell M. Nelson has said anything more profound than what we find in Hebrews chapter 11 probably needs to examine their spiritual lives because that's the Word of God. It's even a part of the Word of God according to Mormonism because that is in their edition of the King James Bible. And yet what we find there is, is so profound, so encouraging. As a, and as I mentioned, when you go on into chapter 12, it says really all we need to know and be encouraged by. So when it says, Russell M. Nelson has invited the saints to embrace the future with faith, I've heard that before. Hebrews chapter 11, I've heard that in other portions of the New Testament. Again, that is not even unique to Russell M. Nelson. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism.